You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Josh Schaefer. Yes. So, Mr. Schaefer. Yes. <laughs> Should I say Leonardo Schaefer? <laughs> Leonardo, Leonardo. <laughs> yes. That is the only way I can figure to segue into a discussion about the Kevin Smith movies. Specifically the View Askew movies, because... Every like his whole little New Jersey universe that started as a trilogy and is now like going on six or seven movies. Yeah. yeah. It's the only way I can think to discuss them. And it's partially because I just haven't seen anything he's done that isn't related to those movies. Yeah, I don't think well, Yoga I, Hosers I don't think was It wasn't. I, I I have like we'll get to this. Yeah. But he started off famously, uh putting fifty thousand dollars in credit on his various credit cards he was able to get. And then filming a movie. I mean, it's not much of a movie. Oh, it's, it's a not, great movie. It's a fantastic movie, but by cinematic standards, it's not a movie. It's like I think he's famously been told by producers, like when he was trying to get a second movie made, he was like, "I made Clerks," and he's like, "That's not a movie." <laughs> <laughs> Clerks is a fantastic movie for what it is—a simple day in the life in the uh, vein of like a Dazed and Confused or any one of those kinds of just like teens living their lives except it's you know 20 something slackers basically guys who are past the point where they can drink alcohol and still haven't figured out their lives Mm -hmm. and it's just one day in this life of this clerk who can't get his shit together i mean it's perfectly 90s too it is perfectly 90s with so angsty angst and the grunge music and uh the people wearing flannel (laughs) it still holds up like it I does. watched retail for a while, and that movie is holds a very, very special place in my heart. In certain ways, it is hugely accurate when it's mm-hmm. mocking customers and other things. Of course, other things haven't aged well. There's no longer video stores like that. Unfortunately. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but no, it's he had a set that he could use, the store he worked at, and he could film there after work. Which is part of the reason why they kept the shutters closed during the mm-hmm. whole movie, so they didn't have to have like daylight streaming in or night or whatever. It's some brilliant mechanics he did to get a movie made with like no budget. Yeah, and I don't think I can't think of another film that's had that sort of success with such a shoestring budget. I mean, fifty thousand dollars sounds like a lot of money, but in the movie world, that's nothing. It's nothing. That's like one day of filming for most people. Like even. When they talk about shoestring budgets, like the minimum you can even think to do is five hundred thousand dollars. Like you mm-hmm. can't make a movie for less than that, yeah, like and have did. it be a movie. Yeah, it's to his credit, he did. That was back in the day of actual film too. So yeah, that, I mean, that 50, every shot had to count. At fifty thousand dollars was basically everything he he had, and it's all in the film. It's yeah. right there. I mean, he had more takes and refilms, reshoots than I think. Um, Robert Rodriguez for Desperado, because mm-hmm. that's the other movie I can think of when people talk about, you know, shoestring budget. I think he said he had $7,000, and that covered film. Mm-hmm. And he could film each take once, and then he had to move on because there was no filming it again. Yeah. And that movie was good, too. And he, it was. Didn't he get all his money from doing uh, medical experiments he on did. himself? Famously, yeah. he 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 had did every medical experiment he could sign up, got as much money as he could, and then he made a movie out of it. Yeah, Desperado's yeah. great. And Reservoir Dogs as well. El Mariachi first. El, uh, oh, El Mariachi. Was, yeah, I know what you meant. El yeah, Mariachi. The, the, was the first. first one, El Mariachi, was the $7,000 one. Desperado was him basically making the same movie but with the budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Oh, it's too. fantastic. El Mariachi is not quite as good, but for a start to the series, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Especially when you consider that it cost $7,000. And all the extras were just two dudes wearing wigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fake shimping their way through yeah. everything. 
Yeah, and Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs too was a. I, I don't think that was that expensive. No, that's not the uh, Evil Dead, the first yeah. one. That's a cheapy. Yeah. There, there's there's something to be said for like cheapy few thousand dollar movies that certainly primes us up a skilled filmmaker who doesn't know he's skilled yet mm-hmm. into making something interesting. But Clerks. Mm-hmm. So with Clerks, I mean it certainly resonates with you. Yeah, I would say it's the best of the Kevin Smith movies. I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, I would. Okay, you can. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it resonates with me because I did work at a video store, mm-hmm. so that half of it and the crap that Randall says to those customers, oh. I just I wish would've... I had like one one hundredth of his balls. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have a store where you know you can't get fired because mm-hmm. no one else will ever show up. Like Dante has to go to work because everyone keeps calling in and he, no one else will work the shift. Randall knows no one's going to show up to work that shift, so he can get away with whatever the fuck he wants. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But a small part of me has always viewed Randall as a, a one of my spirit animals. Randall is interesting. So. Randall, however, is a classic Kevin Smith character in that he's the guy you're not supposed to be. Yeah. He's the funny guy, and there's always a Banky and whatever other version of it that Jason Lee normally plays. For a while there, it was the Jason Lee character when it's not being played by the guy who plays Randall. This, the guy who says the dumb crap, and you're like, he's funny, I like him, but you're also not supposed to want to be I him. I think in Clerks it was, I think Randall gets kind of the bad rap because Dante, I think, is the guy you don't want to be, because Randall... Arguably, yes. Because Randall has his his moments where he's kind of a shitbird, but... He has a backbone. Yeah, but he has a backbone, and he actually adheres to his own ethical standards. Code. Yeah. His own code. And Dante's kind of just like a... Uh, I'm not supposed to be here. Where Randall would be like, then don't come in. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, just don't pick up the phone even. You're yeah. done. Yeah. yeah. I like Clerks for what it is, and I think it's funny. I don't think it's as good a movie, but I do think Mallrats is funnier. Mallrats is probably my third favorite Kevin Smith movie. Um, I, 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 I We skipped over Chasing Amy. No, Mallrats was second. Was it? Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. Mallrats. Mallrats was the movie that they're like, oh, you can make movies. So they gave him a budget. And then afterwards they realized, oh, you can't make movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like Mallrats for what it is. But that's and that's how I have to always qualify it. I like it for what it is. Yeah. I will say I prefer the extended edition they yes. did. Yeah. Yes. Where like there's a whole different intro. It's not as funny. It's not as tight a movie and not as funny, but I think it's a more complete story. Yeah. And the the reason I don't like Mallrats though, well, I don't not like Mallrats, but when I worked at the comic book store, it like everything about that movie reminds kinda, you of the people that used to go there. Yeah, and it's just it's not funny in real life. It's yeah, sad. It is sad. I so. will agree with that. I will. I will fully agree that like I, I know people who are like that, and there were times where I'd go and hang out in a mall like that, and just you know not buy anything and just wander around drinking yeah. my soda. That was in like, the nineties. It was though. the nineties. That's what you did. Yeah. When you didn't have anything better to do, you did that. Yeah. Well, there was the arcade and. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's again, why I actually really enjoy the extended cut is that the characters are given story and drive mm. that they're missing from the regular theatrical edition. Um, and they just, they feel more complete. It feels like a much more complete story. I can totally see why Mallrats bombed when it came out. One, how do you advertise a movie like that? Yeah. A weird hanging out another day in the life of these people, but these people just aren't interesting. Yeah. And, and my biggest issue with Mallrats too was... It just felt like 
they were just doing line like joke lines in Yeah, it's a very it was jokey very, movie. It, it just felt and I think Kevin Smith's biggest problem, especially in his early works after Clerks, was he just got fucked by studios over and over again. And like even with Clerks, so like if you watch the original cut of it, it's the original cut's not that great. No. <laughs> yeah. But but I think Mallrats, like I think he's always had an issue with the editing part of his movies because he reminds me of someone watching like the evenings with Kevin Smith's that dude can talk about one topic for hours. There's um, there's he's done four or five of them. And I think it was the fourth one where he calls someone up to, to do questions. Uh, and he's, and he says right beforehand, okay, we're going to try and get through a lot of these. Uh, cause I have a tendency to just talk for a while and I want to see if we can get through a lot of questions. So we're going to burn through these questions as fast as possible. So one guy asks a question. He goes, okay, we're going to be here for a bit. And the entire two hour evening with Kevin Smith is the one question. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like his movies are the same. Like he has a lot going on in his brain and I'm not saying that's a bad thing cause I do too, but he films all of it. He has a hard time letting go. And he's honestly, he has said that he honestly has a hard time with people saying dialogue any way other than the way he envisions it mm-hmm. in his head. And it's clear that his movies are like that too. Yeah. Which is fine. And so like it works for the Coen brothers. Like, yeah. but, but sometimes editing is important. Yeah. And he reminds me like in, when I did film for a little bit, my biggest issue was like, no, I need this scene in there. This scene ties into this one other part, but I'm the only one that knows that. And I feel like, especially with like, when you watch dogma, it feels like there's like scenes in there that, Probably ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll save that. But like some of his movies just have are cut in a sense where it seems like he has ideas or interconnecting scenes, and sometimes those scenes are cut out. But he does. He wants to. So they're just kind of certainly. It does. I I think to your point is it does feel like he has a certain vision for what he wants to do, whether that vision works or not. Mm -hmm. And certainly his later movies, Red State, Tusk, Yoga Hosers, where he's just making movies on a lark. Like, the biggest complaint I hear about those movies is that it's just, like, everything he can think of is filmed, and there's, whether it works or not, it's all on screen. Yeah. So, and his early movies, I would probably agree with you on this, certainly there are some times where everything he thinks is funny is what makes it into the movie, whether it works or not. So, the theatrical cut of Mallrats is funnier, Mm -hmm. because it's all the funny scenes, but it's also not as strong a movie as the longer take, where... Different cut takes are used, and a longer intro and outro is available mm-hmm. that fl- better fleshes out the characters. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So then we have Chasing Amy, this third one, which he made Ugh. for $220,000 after the studio gave him a bunch of money, and then he blew it on all rats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know a lot of people love Chasing Amy, but mm-hmm. I don't get it. I liked it the first time I watched it, the first couple times I watched it. I felt like the message and the story it was telling, the love story that's in there was powerful. I go back and watch it now and it feels very dated. Yeah. And I think that's because I didn't see it until probably like five or six years ago. Yeah. And it doesn't work now. I'm sure. Yeah. And like, and I'm sure at the time it was like this huge picture that was like, I I could see how some of the themes weren't represented in other films of the same time period. Well, it's the, the Ben Affleck character. I can't remember what his name is. It doesn't matter. It's Ben Affleck. Uh, His character feels even though he's supposed to be the voice of Kevin Smith because he's basically just saying what Kevin Smith thought yeah, uh, for a relationship he was in that inspired him to write this movie. It feels like a very dated perspective on lesbian and bisexual mm-hmm. culture yeah. that 
makes the character almost feel like an entitled MRA guy now. Mm-hmm. What even though what back in the day we didn't have that term. Yeah. Like like it may have worked then, but now the character just feels like cringy. he's he's cringy and close-minded and can't get over himself and whether like, that's where Kevin Smith was at the time, it's not where Kevin Smith is now, and I don't even think he can relate to the character no. as it is. It's, I, I think it was a lot of it's Hollywooded, uh, but I don't know. It just it didn't like yay for representation at the time. It doesn't play anymore. No, no, Mm-mm. yeah. I haven't gone back and watched Dogma recently, which was his I, fourth movie. I did watch it recently. Yeah. Like I love Dogma. Yeah, minus one thing that Bethany. Yes. Yeah, the lead character. The lead character. Yeah. Like, Janine Garofalo should have played her. Like, was she time. supposed to? She was supposed to, but the studio wanted the... The other chick, yeah, whatever her of, name was. What, of Men in Black, I think it was. Yeah, and like she was so terrible, Kevin Smith refuses to ever work with her again. I don't think she's ever had a career after that. No, because she's terrible. She's, she's terrible. An on-set on nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. That's what people say. Yeah. Like, she just couldn't act and like, she just felt wooden the entire time, like... You had a great cast all around you, and the story was pretty solid, but like it just didn't. No, like, I I didn't like her. No, it it she didn't. She was not good in the role. Janine Garofalo would have been fantastic yeah. in the role. Yeah, she was in there for like four minutes, and yeah. she was great. She was her one sequence was fantastic, and if they would have just swapped the two actresses, yeah, I would oh, Janine would have sold the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but yeah, I I liked the message behind it, and I thought it was ballsy for the time and still yeah. is really it really still is with considering the way the world is like all religion is good and just yeah. be true to your what you think and yeah. whatever yeah and more power to them yeah so it yeah. doesn't get talked about much anymore there's there's other movies mm-hmm. that handle the religion aspect more strongly and i don't know it's just it it does feel a bit dated it's not his funniest work no, and, no. and I don't think he meant it to be super no. funny. But it's the same thing. Like I don't go back and willingly watch Chasing Amy regularly because it's not a very funny movie. Mm. And he's good with funny. He's not as good with drama. Right. And Dogma's not as funny as it could be. And even some of the stuff that probably was funny at the time, I don't know if it would be as funny now. I, I mean, I still chuckle at it. Like it's yeah. a, it's definitely more of a dramedy. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you have like George Carlin and Chris Rock and. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and <laughs> Alan <Damon>. Rickman. <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> Side thing, like, oh, a few years ago, uh, this is not anything Kevin Smith related, but Matt Damon related, but he did a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, and yeah. someone asked him what his favorite role was, and he said Team America. <laughs> and every time I think of Matt Damon now, like, I was like, uh, did he do that? Was that actually him? It wasn't, but <laughs> but I don't know. Just, <laughs> I like that he claims it though. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyway, this okay. isn't about Team America. No, we can make it about Team America if you want to. We'll do that yeah. next time. <laughs> so uh, after Dogma was Jay and Silent Bob. I l- I liked that movie. I know a I lot liked of, it when at the time when it came out. I just watched it again, and it's, some of it's kind of cringy. A lot of it's cringy. Even the second time I went back and watched it, I'm like, wait, I liked this when it came out? What what was I watching? It's I, Kevin Smith, I think, famously said after he sh- showed it to his mom that she was like, you guys ran around a lot. <laughs> and that was her whole comment on the movie. And that's what it feels like. It's like it's a lot of dumb jokes and just them running around, but it doesn't really have a strong connective tissue. And it's hard to argue that the two leads, Jay and Silent Bob, in any way, shape, or form grow from their adventure across the country. No. no. 
But I, I don't know if you've ever read the. Uh, they do, <laughs> but I don't know if you ever read the uh, the old Kevin Smith, Jane Silent Bob comic books. But that movie is pretty much all their short stories. The Chasing the, Dogma. Yeah, yeah, the connective tissue between them mm-hmm. that was supposed to explain how they got from uh, to Illinois from chasing Amy to Dogma, and then he just basically reused a huge portion of that for the mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob movie. Yeah, it's pretty funny, but yeah, um, there's some jokes that I liked, but there are funny moments. But going back and watching, like everything with the like femme fatale diamond robbers, oh, it's so, so terrible. Cringy. That whole that whole plot line, and like. It, even in that movie, you can see his wife cannot act. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kevin Smith, but... You, you keep trying to put her in there, and more power to you. Try to make a career for your wife and for your daughter now, and... Her, his daughter can... She's she can, not bad. She can act better than the wife can. Yeah. She's not great, but she, she's not She terrible. can grow into it, though. Uh, it's, it, she can grow into it in the way that Channing Tatum grew into his. Yeah. Yeah, like, th- there's... Uh, you get a start, and you can grow, and if you get the material, you can become a fine actor. Yeah, and I yeah. get putting your wife and stuff... To have her involved with your projects, like I can't fault him for it. I mean, it, it, but if you're only getting a few hundred thousand dollars to make a movie, you do what you yeah, want. But she's, I feel like she has, especially. I think the next movie would be Clerks Two. Yes, like especially in Clerks Two, she's cringy. Yeah, she doesn't work. There's a lot about that movie that really does work. Yeah, I love, I love Clerks Two almost as much as I love Clerks One. I, it's, I actually like it better. Uh, the only part that I find detracts from the movie at all for me is the random dance sequence in the middle that just doesn't oh, work. Like, yeah. I know he was doing it just for the hell of it, and he wanted to like have a heightened reality all of a sudden, but the rest of that movie and the first movie are very grounded, and that part of the movie just doesn't work for me at all. No, but you gotta see Rosario Dawson dance on the roof, so... And, you know, if it had just win, been win. the two of them... Been just been the two of them with a jukebox dancing on the rooftop. It would have worked fine. But the but rest of it, the rest of it, like yeah. a big dance sequence in the parking lot, doesn't work for me at all. No, no. Mm-mm. So, but no, I really, I really do enjoy that movie. But we yeah. are missing something in between all of that. The Clerks animated series. Clerks the animated series, which, in my opinion, is his finest work. Ever. Yes, I will agree with uh, that. Uh, it only went six episodes and is the funniest thing he has ever done. I mean, it's probably one of the funniest cartoons. Yeah. Like, I laugh. I've seen that stupid show 150,000 yeah. times. I'll I watch can... it more times than I can, like, bear. And I will still quote the living yeah. hell out of it. We we, we have accidentally do. started yeah. quoting it in the middle of these podcasts. It's yeah. just so good. Domo Toshiro-san. <laughs> Why are we walking like this? <laughs> like, it's just so many good lines in only six episodes. I'm like, I'm sure if it had gone any longer, it would have stopped being funny at a certain point. But there's... I'm... There's such brilliance packed in those six that I wish it had gotten at least another six just so it could have had more for me to quote. Yeah, it, it was just ridiculous. It was, it was so ridiculous. And I, I think it was honestly ahead of its time. And if it came out... Now. Now, or even five years after it came out yeah. originally. Yeah. Like, put it on an adult swim or something, it wouldn't have had any issues because there's... No. It would have been fantastic. The thing is, you couldn't get the Kevin Smith now to make that movie because I, mm-hmm. I tried to watch the... Uh, Jalen, Jane, Silent Bob, super groovy, whatever movie on Netflix. Oh yeah, that was wretched. Yes, so bad. That was he, a paycheck he's movie. Lost his spark. There's, there's, some, there's a lot of his movies that have come out lately. There, it's just like you're a funny dude, but at this point, I'd rather watch you just talk on stage than actually make movies. So I have a theory. Like he uh, started smoking weed. Yes, 
And I feel like there's some correlation between him starting smoking weed and him not smoking well, weed. Well, you always hear about like artists doing heroin and like cocaine, <laughs> yeah, and like suddenly finding their zone and becoming really into their art and whatever. You never hear about artists really getting stoned on pot and getting committed to their art. They get committed to a couch yeah. with like a big bowl of macaroni and cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'm smoke the weed if you wants to. Yeah. But, like, maybe don't make movies, but... <laughs> I mean, he's done some stuff that I haven't hated. Cop Out, I thought, was amusing for what it was. It was even okay. Though, even though it was just basically him directing, he didn't really do that much on it. And, mm -hmm. like, some of the little filler things here and there, he certainly helped to bring the fourth Die Hard movie together in a way that, yeah. like, actually functioned. Apparently, since that script was unfinished when they started yeah. filming. He's not a bad writer. No. It's just, he... I think he, he what had, he finds funny now is not what I find funny. And so I think I alluded to this, but I also have like a I don't want to say a personal vendetta. You do at, at least but, a little bit have an issue with Kevin Smith but at this point. He's kind of a dick. I mean, mm. when I was a a younger, you know, not jaded or cynical person, huh, <laughs> I had the body of a Greek god. You keep him in your closet. I do. He's he's under here somewhere. I just have to <laughs> stop eating pizza rolls so much. <laughs> your pizza sex. My pizza sex. You have to still stop accepting sex. Still accepting some offers. Kevin Smith, <laughs> I will forgive you if you fund pizza sex. But when when I was, I guess, coming out of the nerd closet a little bit. Younger Josh. Younger still Josh. Still straight. Still straight. But 2005 Josh was, you know, a couple years out of high school. In college. Accepting he was a nerd, finally. Yeah, you know, because I wasn't getting beat up for being like, well, I don't like Star Wars and Star Trek. Yeah. But, yeah. so, like, I worked at the comic book store as, uh, while I was in college, so I wasn't a manager or anything, just a clerk. Uh, Get clerk. it? Clerk. But don't. So, I had a friend of mine who took me to my first comic book show in Chicago. He broke your cherry. He did break my cherry. We had a room full of nerds. Like, there was, like, I think eight of us oh god the smell must have been awful no like we the we got super lucky because the hotel we were staying at um accidentally double booked us so they gave us the super suite yeah so like it was like a two-story had like a spiral staircase in it and they didn't charge us any extra because they screwed up so we got lucky in that regard but yeah. so it didn't smell too bad there were like three showers there so everyone was clean but um i was there kevin smith and was there as well doing something. I don't Kevin know. Kevin Smith thinks. Kevin Smith thinks. He was on a podcast. Or not a podcast. He was, he was probably going there to answer questions. He answered one question and talked for four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And he was he was a part of a panel or something. And I remember I was standing in a line for Jim Lee and Frank Miller. Uh, that's a whole different story there. But not, I wanted not, to meet. Not Jim Miller and Frank Lee? No. Okay. Yes. But I was, I was there for Jim Lee. Okay. Not Frank Miller. Not Frank Miller. No. Who wants to see Frank Miller? Uh, Frank Miller, actually, because the line was so long, he... Uh, was, was Frank Miller in line for Jim Lee? No. <laughs> he stood up at... Like, did he, did he have him. his comic book? Was he waiting to get it signed <laughs> eagerly? No. He, I don't think he liked Jim Lee very much because everyone was there to see him. <laughs> but 15 minutes in, Frank Miller stood up and said, uh, if anyone just wants to meet me, you could cut everybody else. Literally nobody in the line of like <laughs> two, 300 people moved. I, I imagine him saying that in Batman voice. Robocop 3 voice. Oh, okay. Fair enough. He doesn't like talking about that. 
He wrote RoboCop 2 and RoboCop 3. Yeah. He doesn't like talking about either of them because nope. he hates Hollywood. Yep. yep. And uh, next time I meet him, I've decided I'm going to be the biggest RoboCop 3 fan. <laughs> Make sure you take a script for him to sign. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna wear the hat and everything. Yeah. Okay, gonna, so story. So so I'm sitting in line. It's kind of boring, but you know I'm nervous because Jim Lee and yeah. I'm barely 20, maybe. What is uh, Jim Lee famous for drawing? Because you remember I, I suck at names, so refresh me. Uh, he did... The Hush Batman. Okay. Uh, he, Which I actually have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great Batman story. It he, is. It's very good. He was, but the reason that Frank Miller and Jim Lee were both there was for All Star Batman and Robin Number One just came out, that and everyone was super. It's ex- a terrible book. Yes. It's it is my all time guilty pleasure comic book because it is so wretchedly bad and mm-hmm. so wretchedly readable. Like I hate myself every time I read it and yeah. enjoy it every time I. Like open the pages because it's like so the first bad. issue was so good. The first issue just came out. And everyone's super excited. And then the issue two came out, and they're like, "Wait, what?" It's it's like a roller coaster where every time mm-hmm. you hit the crest, they then feel the need to slap you in the face before it goes back down. And then right when it's about to be terrible, they then give you the biggest prize you could ever hope for. So it's like this weird adrenaline rush of hating and loving yourself as you read the book. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Ah, uh, I still hate myself. But you still I read sold it. it to people. How do you think I feel? <laughs> I bought the copy from you that had the uh, poorly censored uh, naughty oh, yeah. words in it. Yeah. yeah, that was. I remember that. That's, I still that's have still that. in my collection. I have that too. I don't think it's worth anything. I do oh. wish I'd gotten the more recent issue of Batman with the bat genitalia, just for mm. the collector's sake portion of it. We didn't put a speedo on all the way, and just one balls just hanging. <laughs> no, full frontal nudity. Didn't you hear about that? Oh, that one. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so back to the story. Yeah, ADD. So you're in the Aaron Lane line with. I'm helping you shade yeah. the story, giving so, you details. Yeah, so yeah. I'm in line and it's very crowded Chicago. And at the time, I'm also since I just found my nerdiness, I guess, or accepted it, I should say mm-hmm. more so. You know, I, I was a huge Kevin Smith fan. I love, like, worshipped everything he did almost. You know, because you know, I was, I was kind of a fledgling wannabe filmmaker at the time, and. Mm-hmm. And uh, so his story was like, that's like me. I work in a shop and like I'm underappreciated. So he said that very like Kevin Smith. Yeah. Right. And so like he, his backstory just kind of resonated with me when I was 20. Yeah. um, As it does. And I was a nineties kid. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So he comes out of whatever panel room he was in. And I was like, Kevin Smith. And I try to wave him down. He looks at me with the dirtiest look that I've ever been given to this day and says, fuck off, kid. And don't know if you've ever been cussed out by what one of your he- old heroes, but not a, not a good feeling. And, <laughs> and I was very, uh, very upset. Um, like, like I, I, it hurt. Yeah. Kevin Smith hurt me. <laughs> Um, so I was, talking, was on the doll where Kevin Smith hurt you. <laughs> the heart. <laughs> I'm pointing to the n- heart, not the nipple. <laughs> so I was angry because he was just like, he was just complete douchebag. Yeah. And I didn't do anything. I just said hi to him. Um, and you know, I know being a celebrity is pretty annoying. I'm sure. But, but I'm cussing him out. Like I, like I leave my, the line with Jim Lee and, I don't. I don't remember any of really what happened there. You, Frank Miller. When you get angry, you get like blackout angry. Yeah, and yeah. Frank Miller was a dick. He hit on my uh, ex girlfriend at the time. Uh-huh. Pretty much said this is my hotel room. So I was pissed off at him, kind of too. But I didn't care because it's Frank Miller. Frank Miller, and 
Um, so I'm just cussing them out. I'm talking to my friends like, fuck Kevin Smith. If I ever see that fat fucker because I wasn't fat at the time. So <laughs> that was an insult. Um, I was like, I want to fucking beat his ass. And I, I, I want to actually beat his ass cause I'm a, I'm a pacifist, but I was <laughs> and angry. And you're a nerd. So it's like yeah. flailing with butterfly wings. And like, while I'm saying that I run into somebody who's on his phone and he turns around and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm just angry or something. And, uh, he goes, were you talking shit about Kevin Smith? I was like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> and and then like his voice sounded familiar, but I didn't put two and two together. And he goes, oh, he's just a little angry right now. I'm like, doesn't fucking matter. Fuck him. And I started to leave and he goes, what did he do? And I'm like, God damn it. Now I talked to this asshole. And I, and I finally put two together. It's fucking Jason Muse just standing there on the, his Blackberry. And he's on, and his phone's phone. He's like, Hey man, I'm going to call you back. I'm talking to a fan. Cause I'm, cause I'm like, oh, Jason Muse. <laughs> and I'm sitting there talking to him for like a good five, 10 minutes. We take pictures and stuff. And he hugs me and which I was like, I don't, okay. And he seems like a friendly guy. No, he was super friendly. Yeah. And, and like, I would have, I always thought it would have been the opposite reaction, yeah. you know, like he was super nice. And, you know, like I said, took pictures with us and he was like, yeah, sometimes that fat fuck is just kind of, you know, he's like some fans were saying some shit about him. So he don't take it personally. He's not really like that. And I'm like, Whatever. It's like, but it's nice meeting you, Jason Muse. <laughs> but it was like the weirdest, and most surreal thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I wish I saw that. I'm sure I have those pictures somewhere. But yeah, it was. Uh, so I have a personal thing against Kevin Smith, and so like ever since then, like I feel like I've unfairly judged everything that he's done after. Like Dogma. rating it higher than you should have, or rating it lower. Lower. Hmm. So like, except and then you still like Clerks. Uh, I do the animated series. Yeah. And, no, I mean, and he, he can be a dick. And I can still find stuff funny. Like I'm still like they're remaking Jane and Silent Bob Strike Back. You didn't hear about that? They're not remaking it, are they? Oh, they are remaking it. Why would they do that? I guess he wanted another go, and they had a what's her name? Um, uh, Jason Mewes' love interest in, in the, that movie. Yeah. I don't, no, she, it was the chick from American Pie, the 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 sexy chick from American yeah. Pie. I can't remember what her name I was. I can't remember. It's not Felicity Jones though. No, it's certainly not. I don't think they're bringing her back again. Yeah, she's in. Are it. you sure it's not just a sequel? No, it's a remake. They're rebooting it. Okay. So so we'll we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. But, but yeah, I'm still gonna go see it, and I've seen all of his other movies, and I. I'm going to say something that you might make fun of me for. Okay. But I didn't mind Jersey Girl. <laughs> I forgot. I, I honestly forgot that movie even existed. Yeah. Like, like I just didn't remember it. He made that in between Jay and Silent Bob and Clerks 2 because mm-hmm. he was trying to say, okay, this universe is over. I'm never revisiting it. And then Jersey Girl bombed because mm-hmm. I thought it was an awful movie. I mean, it wasn't great, but like, no, it's bad. It's 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 treacly and awful and I mean maybe I would have judged it more fairly if it didn't have the Kevin Smith name on it, but it didn't feel like a Kevin Smith movie. Oh no, no, not at all. No, and it, it wasn't funny at all. And if it hadn't been for the Kevin Smith name on it, I wouldn't have watched the movie to begin with. And that's the problem. Like I can't see any reason to justify seeing it if it's not a Kevin Smith movie. And I can't see any reason to justify seeing it if it is a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. So, and then after Clerks 2, when he stopped making those movies again, I just, I stopped watching his stuff because nothing he's done since has really appealed to me. Like, I like horror movies and Tusk doesn't sound like something I want to watch. Tusk was, I couldn't get through it. Red was pretty good. Red State? Yeah, Red State. 
not read Fred's a Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a connection between uh, Bruce Willis and Kevin Smith, so yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I haven't. I didn't bother watching Yoga Hosers because that just. I watched know. part of it, and it wasn't bad for what I saw. No. I mean, I'll still give him a chance if he ever gets to make Clerks 3 or Mallrats 2, like he keeps bandying about, if either of those happen. I don't know how I feel about a Jay and Silent Bob remake. I think think there was a lot he wanted to do with the original movie. But they're not the same characters anymore. No, but I think that he just, I think the studio kind of fucked him a little bit with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. (sighs) But again... It's the same issue that I said before where he makes great stories but can't edit out of a paper bag yeah, or a paper bag. So. <sighs> oh, well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> if nothing else, maybe one day someone will like make a proper sequel to Clerks the Animated Series. If only. Clerks the Animated Series 2, The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> My favorite line from Jay and Silent Bob is the deleted scene that didn't even make it into the movie. It's when the two clerks, Dante and Randall, are hanging out. And Rand- Dante says something and Randall looks over and goes, You know, if you'd been funny like that, maybe ABC wouldn't have canceled us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good line. It was, too, it was too ahead of its time. It was. Oh, I love that show. I don't anyway. know why ABC picked it up, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> And by the way, just putting it out there, Alec Baldwin, if you ever want to come on this show and talk about Clerks the Animated Series, we we would love to have you. Uh, it'd be so good. You cannot talk about anything else, though. <laughs> I'd love to talk about other stuff, but mostly he has to talk about Clerks the Animated Series. Like, maybe a, a, a 90-10 ratio. Yeah. We mostly just want to get stories about him playing Leonardo Leonardo. Yeah. Like, that's all, that's all I want. Me too. Yeah. But why were you walking like that? <laughs> Seriously, why were you walking like that? <laughs> Was it some sort of gay thing? <laughs> Did you build the desk yourself that you got from Ikea? <laughs> I have all these pieces left. <laughs> Tell me, was it truly exquisite? Exquisite. <laughs> Such a good performance. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm Mike Finkelstein. I'm Sexy Josh the Pharaoh Wizard. Yes, you are. This has been Not So Live from Asteroid G, and we will see you next time. Domo Toshiro-san. Domo Toshiro-san.